Hello and welcome back to Cottonmouth Manchester, a podcast brought to you by CityCo, the city centre management company for Manchester and Salford, and to our continuing series, Life in a Time of Coronavirus. Continuing to explore people who are looking at solutions, or at least major help to be given to people struggling during this time, today we're talking to Mary Ellen McTague, chef and proprietor of the Creameries in Chalton, about what she did when she had to take the decision to close the restaurant, at least for a few months about the growth of Eat Well, how it started delivering some food to Withenshaw Hospital and ended up delivering 1,500 meals a week to the homeless, rough sleepers and other vulnerable people around the city and where she wants to take the project now. We hope you enjoy it. You can always contact us on Twitter at CottonmouthMCR. Thank you for joining us, Mary Ellen. Um, So we're talking about the last six, eight weeks, I guess, but which it seems like a lifetime already. Um, can you take us through sort of what happened first in the restaurant, I guess, and then um, as the calls started coming in, or did you start making calls around around how chefs could help and, and where you could fit into the, sort of the helping economy? Yeah, so um, just before lockdown was announced officially, I'd kind of got to the point where I felt like we needed to close anyway because I couldn't with just with the layout of the restaurant we couldn't we'd, we'd switch to just doing takeaway we I didn't feel like we could even do that safely I couldn't keep the staff far enough apart from each other in order to make it work so I'd kind of already decided that we were going to have to close um and ar- ab- about the same time sort of that day I think it was the Saturday before lockdown whenever that was back in March 20 years ago whenever um I, I I was having a chat with my sister, who's uh, she's a palliative care consultant. So um, her and her team were preparing for COVID-19. And I think she'd just had a really grim day. They were looking at numbers that they were going to be trying to cope with. And I think she just felt at that point so stretched that they wouldn't be able to take care of people as well as they would like to. And that was a really... You know, she was really struggling with that. Um, so I just sort of said, I knew I was going to be closing the restaurant. I just sort of said, what What can I do to help? You know, how can how can we help? And she said that um, she's just a cook for people, cook for staff who are going to be exhausted and facing really, really difficult shifts, you know, really long, long shifts. And um, so... I said, okay, and then that's that's kind of how it started. And through a series of personal connections with sort of doctors and nurses that I know personally in and around Manchester, we set up the first delivery for a couple of days later to Withenshaw A&E. I have a friend who's a nurse at Withenshaw. Um, and it kind of just grew from there. I think... Did that, start in, that just started in your kitchen, you, you cooking? Yeah, yeah it was 50 minutes for the staff at Withenshaw A&E. But... What what also happened was so we, we um, elite bistros, which is Hispy and Carla and and burnt truffles to keep on up the They um, they donated all of their fresh produce to us. Um, I well, I was going to buy it from them. But they they wouldn't take any money from me. So I had this big donation of, of fresh food, and then I it kind of dawned on me that there would be restaurants and takeaways all over the country closing down with nowhere to no use for this fresh food. So I just put a call out on Twitter. And Instagram, I think, so just just via social media, saying if any if any restaurants are closing, they've got food they can't do anything with that's going to go in the bin. Give me a call, I'll, I'll come and get it. So I started getting in massive donations of food then, and then I had more food than I could cook with. So I also put a call out for chefs to see if anybody else had an empty restaurant kitchen, do they want to cook tea? 
And the response to both things was just huge. And it just, it snowballed really quickly. A couple of days after after lockdown, or maybe the day after lockdown, um, a charity uh, I'm patient of called Back on Track got in touch. And they were working with the council as, as part of the Greater Manchester Emergency Food Response. So homeless people were being um, encouraged to isolate in hotels. And obviously there needed to be um, uh, food provision for that. So they, they rang me and said, we've got people in a hotel, there's no food, can you do anything? And because I think because our industry generally in, in food and events, you're kind of used to very short deadlines and turning things around quite quickly and, and just having to respond to to various slightly mad situations. It was just, it was really easy for me to, to sort 70 meals for that evening. Um, so we, yeah, we, we, we cooked... Um, we cooked and delivered those meals and then it's go, grown from there. And just, again, it's, it's all been about sort of personal connections. So up, up to a, quite a recent point. Um, and so we now support, um, we support a food bank and a women's refuge and uh, parents of children staying at um, Ronald McDonald house at the children's hospital. So it takes about an hour to explain what it is that we do because we're doing lots of different things. But I mean, the basic thing is that we're feeding people who either need a meal because they're hungry or need a meal because they need a bit of support and a pick-me-up and the, the idea is that it's all cooked by chefs and we're using really good quality ingredients and it's cooked with a lot of care and you know it's not it's not just about giving people calories it's about giving people a meal that feels like yeah. it's like a, an act of care in a way and that yeah, sounds yeah, I, was good, I was going to ask that because I mean initially uh, particularly when you've got food that is otherwise would presumably go to waste from restaurants. And I mean, how did you sort of construct the menus? Um, and have you learned along the way that you need to provide different types of meals? And, and yeah. Chef, yeah, has that been a challenge for some of the chefs? Um, no, do you know it? it what so at, at the start when we had all this donated food from restaurants, you know, we might have been giving out pork belly and salsa fee and and really like depending on who we're cooking for for some people that's just not what they want and so there was definitely more of an appetite for kind of simpler kind of family meal type things like shepherd's pies and pies and and just just um yeah just like family meals um so it was quite a steep learning curve we got some really really honest feedback really quickly <laughs> on the kinds of food that we were providing because it just wasn't getting eaten some of it and that's fine you know no one wants weird food for their tea you want you want particularly if you're vulnerable and in a difficult situation you want something that you fancy eating that's familiar that you kind of that you recognize um you know we're not trying to provide a culinary education here it's about it's about providing something that's appetizing um so so yeah, we 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 have adapted, but no, this is this is one of the brilliant things about this is that none of the chefs involved have displayed any of the kind of ego you might expect. Just total humility, and also just totally wanting to provide food that's going to be well received. And it's it's you know it's a big change for everyone because quite a lot of what's involved in restaurant cooking, it, there's there's an element where you where you you're kind of um, showing off you know um there's an element where you um 
you want to impress people and that's that's right because people are spending money with you so it should be it should be impressive what they get but this is a total it totally flips it on the head and it's not about impressing anyone it's about giving people exactly what they want and they will enjoy um but that doesn't mean it can't be really nice ingredients and prepared with a lot of care still you know we can still make really nice foods um it's just the the, the style i guess is a bit different than what we used to and has, has there been a challenge as, you, as you've grown um, in, in getting the supplies in? Because you, you start from what, what was just happened to be in restaurants and would otherwise go to waste, but now you've actually got to go out and do what you would do every day in your restaurant, presumably at a massive, massively greater scale. Yeah. So we've had quite a lot of donations. Um, and Paul uh, from Cloudwater Brewery, who's he's now part of the CIC board, you know, he's, he's a big part of Eatwell Manchester. He's donating um, 500 quid's worth of organic veg a week from Organic North. So we've got a lot, like we're, we're fine for vegetables. And with that, we've got enough veg to um, cook the meals that we, we are, we're committed to providing. We've also got enough to make up veg boxes for NHS staff so that with their hot meal, they can be delivered food to take home and cook as well. So that's really good. And then on top of that, we've had um, Frosts have donated meat. Aubrey Allen uh, donated a ton, an, an actual ton of meat to us a few weeks ago. <laughs> <you> store it? <laughs> um, and then, so the, um, you know, Nelson, who's been working on the, um, the events for COVID-19 team, he managed to secure a load of freezers that Paul's allowed us to put in the, in the, in one of the warehouses at the brewery. So we've got like 10 massive chest freezers. Um, the meat supplies have depleted. So we've ordered some this week. We ordered from Little Woods and they've done it at cost. So, you know, we, we are, we, we do need to fundraise now. We're getting to the point where, you know, we need to be paying people's petrol and we need to, we need to buy some food so that we can carry on. Um, We've, we've been very lucky with the donations of, of food and of people's time. Um, but we, you know, we, we, we want to, this is a long-term goal for us. We've got, we've got plans for well into the future that are about continuing what we do. We think, you know, at some point the meals for NHS staff, NHS staff, I'll try that again. We think at some point the meals for NHS staff will taper off and also the provision for homeless people being housed in hotels well, it won't disappear, but it will change into something different. Um, as you know, as 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 things change, God knows when that will happen. But we want to we want to stay around, and we want to be about um, tackling uh, food inequality and the the barriers that are in place between um, people accessing good food because of, because either geographically or socially or financially they're excluded from you know traditionally excluded from access to 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 nice to nice food, to decent, healthy veg and, and meat and, and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, I think what, what our, our kind of exact, um, our exact activities are going to change over time. But, you know, we're talking, we've, we're talking to a, a farmer about a growing project. We want to grow we want, because we want to grow produce for the projects that we would then cook and turn into meals. But we can also do cooking workshops with that. We can use it to sell on at like cost for, for you know access to cheap veg um, and it's also really good a really good um way of offering volunteering and work placement opportunities as well if we're involved in a growing project but it sounds like it's going to be a huge organization or at least fingers in huge numbers of pies they're all connected so how are you going to run your restaurant at the end of this and how are the other chefs when, when things start 
to open and go back to some form of normality. Yeah. Obviously, people aren't going to have the time to volunteer as much. So, so no. how so, are you going to be doing the multiple things? So we um, we are currently working really hard and trying to future proof what we're doing. One of one of the ideas we have. This is something I really like to do. Is um, and th- this kind of this occurred to me because there there is all the chefs and operators and other volunteers that have been involved so far have been talking about how um, how good it's been for them to be connected to the wider community and how how much they've enjoyed feeling useful. And the thing is with chefs and, and hospitality workers generally, we, we normally work such long hours that there'd be no no opportunity to volunteer or anything else. So one way I think we could we could keep the hospitality industry involved is if instead of a, sh- a few chefs cooking a couple of thousand meals a week, that we have relationships with hundreds of restaurants and they commit to providing five meals or 10 meals or 20 meals on a regular day. And distribute them um, from our central um, point. So there's, you know, there's. I think there's a number of ways of making it uh, a manageable ask of making it something where, uh, um, you know, the staff, the individual staff, and the organisations have a way of being connected to the wider community, but without it being something that's unmanageable, too expensive, uh, too difficult. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is we we are currently working on fundraising so that we can um, start to pay people for the work that they're doing for us so that we can, we can keep going. Um, uh, so that's, that's kind of um, quite a big and important task, really, is that we, we, we get things in place so that we can continue doing what we started. So, so um, the idea, presumably, is that somebody's going to pick up the admin that you're currently having to do and a lot of the running around that you're having to do. Well, well, that's already happened. But, you know, so I've managed... We, we've now a lot of the a lot of the load has been spread now. There's now somebody else organising the volunteer allocations, like working out who's cooking what and when. So that's amazing. There's somebody looking after the warehouse side of things uh, and the shop. There's somebody else helping with the admin. We've got um, an accounts person involved who's um, doing the accounts on a voluntary basis. Um, they, they're a bookkeeper by trade, um, and so we've kind of. We've become quite a big organisation already. We've got a marketing lead. We've got somebody on comms. We've got somebody on PR. We've got um, somebody running our social media. But yeah, obviously there will come a point where these people that are doing this will have to go back to work or find other paid work if they're freelance. Uh, and we're that, and you know, we're kind of working on um, how we give this longevity not got the answers yet but <laughs> yeah no i can imagine it's a continually moving face um it at, at, at your sort of height then how many meals are you producing a day a week so we're currently doing 1860 every week regularly and then there's other ad hoc bits and pieces that will bump that up occasionally like on sunday we're doing an extra 100 meals that joseph otway from higher ground is cooking there's been a, a whole hogget um donated he's going to cook it at Cloudwater in the big huge barbecue there and then we're going to distribute the meals so there's little, there's things like that happening here and there that, that bump up um what we're doing so um and that's kind of steady and then we need really in order to increase on that we need to fundraise again because um that's that's with 
a seven day a week operation at the creameries with volunteer chefs and, and with lots of other volunteers cooking in their own kitchens. So we, we, we're sort of almost at full pelt there. Um, yeah, well there. And then, and then for the creameries, what's what's starting to be your thinking about after or during well, or? So we we definitely can't open on less than 100% capacity financially. We can't, we can't work at 50% capacity. Also, with the layout of the building, there's a really long, thin strip when you come in that you have to walk through um, to get into the dining room at the back. That is also where the bar and kitchen are situated. So there's no way I can keep people two metres apart in every direction because there aren't two metres. You know, the depth isn't two metres. So uh, I can't have enough staff on to run it and them not be in contact with each other. It's... So for really, I don't see us being able to reopen until there are no distancing restrictions. And I'm not talking about just coming from the government. I think, you know, we as employers have to feel like it's safe for our staff yeah. and customers. Um, you yeah, know, I, I suppose in a kitchen, how, do you, how would you work in a kitchen in a busy restaurant or cafe with any sort of social distancing? It, uh, most of them you, aren't particularly large because it's not, generating you any money so um, yeah. you know and the heat and stuff I, I presume I don't know that may, that may be good against the virus I suppose but I, I'm not sure maybe yeah but I mean we're an open kitchen oh yeah so yeah. the bar and the kitchen's all open I mean there are screens and things I know there are there are ways around it but then if we have to space our customers we've already only got 24 seats and at 100% capacity we can you know that that's fine we can keep going doesn't make us pots of money, but it's it's enough to keep ticking over. But anything less than that is a disaster, and we, we would go under. So, and I'd, you know, I, I I have because I have no answers about what the future look, looks like. I'm trying not to spend a huge amount of time thinking about it because the furlough scheme's been extended to October, but we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. We don't know how much longer after that the hospitality industry will continue receiving support, if there'll be any. If there's no support and we can't safely open, you know, we're, we're, we're. so it's so open-ended and it's so hard to know uh, what's going to happen that I think I'm just best um, focusing on eat well and trying to make that into a as smooth running an operation as possible in a very, very short space of time. Um, Doing the, keeping the positive side. So um, if people want to find out more about Eat Well, where, where do they go? And particularly, because you, you have mentioned fundraising a few times. So yeah, how, uh, how can people help and where can they find out more? So the website is www.eatwellmanchester.org. So eatwellmcr.org is our website. Uh, we're hosting a huge fundraiser on United We Stream on Saturday the 6th of June. We've got Clint Boone and Hattie Pearson presenting. Uh, we've got loads of amazing uh, bands and uh, telly people and comedy people doing uh, performances and loads of really stupid um, audience participation things like Chicken Olympics and uh, we've got some cook like cook-alongs um, and loads of fun stuff. So it's going to be a bit like a kind of uh, comic relief type setup. Um, it's all going to be about fundraising but with loads of fun stuff thrown in. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, I'm not allowed to name any names just yet. Um, get shouted at if I do that. But uh, yeah, that's that's actually completely taken over my life now. I seem to, I seem to have ended up in this very bizarre position of 
trying to put well effectively a TV show together. <laughs> Fortunately, got lots of help from actual TV people because uh, I really don't know what I'm doing there. But um, yeah. So the last couple of months have been a major learning curve for you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know about charitable organisations and I don't know about broadcasting, but it's it's really fun, you know, and and I feel, God, that's a terrible thing to say, isn't it? Um, But the the work that I'm doing is very enjoyable, it's very joyful, and it's really, really nice connecting with all the people, like within the hospitality industry, but also because people are on furlough and, and giving up their time. I'm getting to work with people who are absolutely amazing at what they do. Um, and that's, you know, that's a real privilege. So, although obviously these are very difficult, horrible times, um, that there's the, the, the work, um, you know, working with Eatwell has, has been, um, it's been a real, a really good thing at that time. Cool. And at that point, We'll leave it. Thank you very much. Good luck on June the 6th. Thank you.